The World Reads from Sharjah, live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. It is Saturday, the 7th of November and the 4th day of the Sharjah International Book Fair. Welcome to this very special coverage with me, Aisha Al-Mazmi, Ali Al-Hizami and Ahmed Dawood. That's right. Uh, we've got a pretty packed program for today. We're going to be talking all things uh, Sharjah International Book Fair, go over what's happening here as far as uh, virtual sessions are concerned, plus pull cool books to check out within the halls. And uh, we could hear things buzzing here as more and more people are uh, entering the Expo Center Sharjah at the moment. And uh, the mood is electric. Later on on today's show, we're going to be talking to Ahmed Ruwehel. He's from Kitab Sauti. And uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation about audiobooks, the state of the audiobook industry here in the region, where it's heading, and how it's fared during the COVID-19 pandemic. So stay tuned as we discuss that, plus many more to come. This is super interesting because we have spoken about ebooks with Iman bin Sheba. Now we go to another alternative version of books. Yes, and we will also be discussing our different genres, uh, one of our my favorite genres that I won't spill yet, stay tuned. And we'll also be discussing a book that caught our eye. And specifically caught your eye, Alia, because <laughs> yes. we're gonna be, we've been walking around all the halls. We've got several halls here in the Sharjah International Book Fair at Sharjah Expo Center. And you always, when you're walking around, you see something just glints on the mm. shelf and you're like, hmm, this looks interesting. So this is what we're gonna be doing for the next hour. We're gonna be talking about, of course, tons of books, books that caught our eyes. And also we have a small interview with Sheikh Sultan bin Ahmed Al Qasmi when I came across him a couple of days ago to talk to us about about the significance of this event and how important that everybody is reading from Sharjah. So stay tuned for that and all that fun, all things book right here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. So on Thursday, I came across Sheikh Sultan bin Ahmed Al Qasimi, and he usually walks around the halls every single year, and we bump into him into various events. He's a big advocate, of course, for well putting Sharjah on the map, and especially when you're talking about the Sharjah International Book Fair. So I asked him a little bit about the book fair and the significance of it, and this is what he had to say. I would like to congratulate the uh, Sharjah Book Fair on its uh, 39th edition of this uh, book fair. I think uh, having this book fair in these circumstances is a big achievement, not only for the book fair, but also for Sharjah, and proves that people are still willing to come and read and take up uh, books. I think this is a chance to uh, prove that Sharjah is the cultural capital of the Arab world, and this is one, one city that uh, focuses a lot on books and on the education of children in this regard. I think also having this much people coming to the book fair is a big proof that uh, people are still willing to have books and to read books. I, th I think they've been uh, locked in uh, for so long. This is a chance for them to come out here. Of course, we see people going to malls and to shopping centers, and uh, I think this is a better place to be in and to gather, as long as we are having our masks ready and covering up and maintaining social distance. So, uh, big thank you to uh, everyone who worked for the Sharjah Book Fair and also for, uh, for Sharjah police who are taking care of uh, a different situation for them this year. What do you guys think? He said that 
the everybody's been locked in for so long yeah. that the book fair is a perfect place to be and especially since i'm pretty sure that since everybody has been quarantining or social distancing they've been used they've been reading a lot of books they're watching a lot more netflix haven't they absolutely uh, and that's where the trends are heading in fact uh, whenever they put out numbers as far as uh, streaming platforms video games uh, whatever c activities you'd consider indoor activities or solitary activities They've been on the up uh, during these lockdowns, and uh, he also spoke on the precautionary measures taken here, and mm. it's quite remarkable. It's not easy logistically setting something of this scale uh, here uh, and inviting this many people and making sure it's safe and uh, goes very, very smoothly. So they've done a really good job of uh, making sure that uh, the number of people within the premises is limited, and uh, it's great to see the excitement for books here. Uh, people walking around, finally getting to talk about uh, their favorite books and what they've been up to. So it's it's all all around really really cool, and I'm glad he acknowledged that side of things. Yeah, and what I what I think is great about um, the time that we spent at home is that since we had a lot of free time, I noticed that so many people started getting into reading, mm -hmm. and they haven't been reading for a while, or like myself, they had this reading slump, and then quarantine helped them pick themselves up. So it's it's very nice to see more people get into reading and. As you said, it's a very safe environment to be in. So it's nice to just walk around and have a breather in the safe environment while checking out our favorite books. Absolutely. I'm going to throw you guys under the bus right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> How many books have you read during the past couple of months? I'm going to admit, I only read, like, I finished that book I told you about, that really big one. Yeah. I had, like, a good like quarter of it left. I finished that. And then I started the next part of it. And then I stopped. But I oh, have been reading, no. I've been reading comics on the side. I've been reading manga as well yes. and web comics as well. So that kind of counts. Different forms of reading. Everything exactly. counts. Yeah. Exactly. So if we count all of these, I would say like around four forms of or variations of books. I am currently at 27 bucks. So yeah, it's very exciting. I've been reading a lot, picking myself up. Mm -hmm. And the Goodreads reading challenge has been helping me keep track. And oh just keeps me motivated to reach my goal for the year. I've been at a, an average of three to four books a month. Uh, so yeah. And there's a lot of stuff out there. I think uh, I'm really getting into, mostly I'm reading novels these days. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think there's so many cool things people are doing with language and experimenting and putting sentences in an interesting way. And that's what I'm drawn to a lot. Mm -hmm. And having the opportunity to stay home for prolonged periods or not go out as much as I used to, it helped me sort of um, take that to the next level and see what, what else is out there. So yeah. So maybe even though obviously COVID-19, the pandemic is, has been like such a tragic event, maybe there's a silver lining here and there. And one of them is that we've been reading a little bit more than we used to. We're going to be talking about the genre of the day. And this one might be something that I need Ahmed and Alia to convince me to start <laughs> reading because I have absolutely no interest in this. And I feel like a lot of people might be... I might not favor this. They're either big fans of this genre or they are not. So stay tuned for that and much more right here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. So, genres. There are many, many genres, of course, and some might even be subcategories, subgenres. But this one we're going to be talking about is very broad, and then we're going to go a little bit specific. Starting with nonfiction, I mean, that's an interesting way to kick off our genre segment, especially since I feel like nonfiction, of course, is very broad, but some people might like specific types 
types of nonfiction. Some people prefer autobiographies. Some prefer something made political, historical. Mm -hmm. There is also self-help books, which also fall in the same category. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a lot of convincing. I'm oh, sure yes. you asked me to yes, convince I am, you. I will do a I lot of convincing. Ready. I am so, so ready. Our genre is uh, autobiographies. It's my absolute favorite genre. I love um, historical autobi autobiographies, uh, political ones. And it's always so exciting to me, mm -hmm. especially when I find books on the Gulf and Air world. Mm -hmm. Because we... We are a, in this region, we're more into oral history, so we don't yes. have much documented. Mm -hmm. So whenever I stumble upon an autobiography that talks on the region, it's something that's very exciting to me because I appreciate all efforts to document. Honestly, we are lacking in that regard. So Absolutely. it's good to know, to get in touch with your ancestors, to know what actually happened in the region and mm -hmm. pretty life-changing uh, milestones in the world way before we were born so it's really exciting to learn firsthand from people who have experienced it so mm -hmm. absolutely love autobiographies mm -hmm. yeah autobiographies are great uh, a book that I really enjoyed uh, that I've read recently is called uh, Bluettes by Maggie Nelson um, and I, I go over it really quickly the way it's put together uh, you could call it an autobiography you could also call it a philosophical inquiry uh, it's a bit of everything it's a fragmented book it's made up of 240 fragments they're short they're either a sentence or a short paragraph and it's like non-linear you could open any page and read something about it and one way i'd sum it up is it's a meditation on the color on the author's experience of the color blue and the associations of that color like grief loneliness she talks about her per her personal narrative as well her family her friendship her lost love and also refers to other writers reflections on that color uh, and uh, in that way she joins a conversation with others. Uh, there are also a collection of strange facts about the color blue, a collection of quotes, and all of this put together makes it an engaging and powerful read. It's almost like a brilliant sad book, so Bluettes by Maggie Nelson. I like that book a lot and I recommend it. And the best thing about this genre is that it is very personal. There's yeah. A, yeah. like a distinct human touch that you wouldn't get elsewhere and they usually talk about very important life-changing things that happen to them um, things that alter their life whether for the good or for the bad so it's something so personal and it just touches your heart and you wouldn't get that elsewhere honestly and I like the fact that it can be experimental just like Definitely. the book you just mentioned I would have never thought that an autobiography or even a memoir can go through that usually just chapter by chapter when it's an autobiography it's obviously throughout their entire lives if it's a memoir it's a specific time of their life but it's very chronological it's very you know it goes through a certain procedure so that's very interesting to see that people can also be very imaginative and creative when they're talking about themselves and their lives absolutely uh, and that's one of the things uh, the way you tell a story it's it's huge and very important as well uh, you could say it one way and it wouldn't be interesting and you could say the same thing about your life but in a, in a way that's you could use simpler sentences, uh, interesting descriptions, uh, a, a structure that moves quickly that the reader feels engaged to. I find that really interesting. I think the language and the style of the book is as important as the content. Uh, and it's what drives it and what how you develop that lingual bond with your reader almost. Mm -hmm. Like you feel so connected yeah. when the sentences are put a certain way. So I think that's what, what I love about the book I mentioned as well. But it's also a deeply personal book. And... Uh, 
everybody has those associations with the concrete things they look at, whether Absolutely. it's colors or objects, and to see someone go through it in excruciating detail, but in a way that's really elegant is pretty amazing and makes me want to write about my experiences myself. Mm -hmm. I actually have a question for both of you guys. And it goes back to a bit to what Alia said in terms of when somebody is writing about a specific region or a specific person. Do you have a preference whether like the Zap, the, that person writes their own story or would you rather have somebody narrate that story? We're talking about history and politics, especially when you talk about the history of the region of the Gulf when it, before the UAE existed, when it was a crucial state. A lot of time, though, these documents are written from Westerners' point of view. It's a very different point of view. So would you rather have have somebody write their own autobiography or their own story or does it make a difference or just have somebody else narrate it? I would definitely prefer for someone to write their own experience because if we're going to go back to history and politics a lot of what is documented is written from the perspective of the colonizers so they mm -hmm. often view the nationals as the other something yeah. different than them mm -hmm. and there's always going to be this bias that they're different than us and this is not the way how humans should be mm -hmm. so regardless of how much you try to remove the bias right from a different perspective and inherently it's just human nature it is something that's in you and you would always compare different people to the way that you actually are mm -hmm. so that's why i'm like pro people writing their own stories there's no shame in getting help when writing isn't your thing yeah. but if you can write your own story then by all means yeah absolutely and i feel the same way as well uh, writing your own story i mean you spoke about the colonizers perspective and uh, there are distortions when that happens there are also distortions when you write about your own experiences i mm -hmm. think when you look at something as complex as history you have to keep digging. It's like a big, big puzzle, and uh, you've got to dig through all the, all the written material. And you have to be aware in the back of your mind that whatever you're reading, somebody wrote it for a reason, yeah. and uh, they have a certain perspective on it and a view. And regardless of who wrote it, whether it's the colonizers or the people themselves, there's always be going to be some sort of distortion as well. But when you look for truth, it emerges from the an empathic reading of all these things put together. Uh, but definitely important for people to document their own history and uh, we don't see enough of that here. I yeah. think I think you guys are convincing me. Just, so, just a little <laughs> bit. I'm getting there. Maybe after we are done with the show, we can walk around the halls and you guys can direct me towards some of your favorite autobiographies and maybe I'll buy them as well. I think yes. like, when I discuss the book that caught my eye, I mm -hmm. think I will convince you to <laughs> pick that book I, up. It's an autobiography. I'm excited <laughs> for this one. This is going to be our next segment, guys. Books that caught our eyes, starting with Alia's book. Stay tuned for that and much more. You're listening to Pulse 95. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. Hi everybody, good morning. Welcome back to our live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And uh, joining us at the Pulse 95 studio to talk about Arabic audiobooks is the COO of Kitab Salti, an Arabic audiobook startup, Ahmed Rwehel. Good morning, welcome to the show. Ah, good morning. Uh, let's talk about uh, the audiobook industry here in the region. Just give us a glimpse into the outlook and growth that it's seen uh, over the past few years. Oh, okay, good. Uh, audiobook industry in this region, or MENA region mainly, it is uh, started from Sharjah, by the way, in 2016, when Kitab Saud and Storytel uh, attended the Publishers Conference. Uh, then everything began from there. Uh, before 2016, the Arabic audiobook industry didn't exist. Hmm. Yeah, so after the investment that happened from Kitab Saud and Storytel together, right now we have growth in uh, 
audio box, Arabic audio box itself from zero to around 6,000 title in wow. four years. So that's so impressive. Mashallah. Yeah. And for the behavior and user, most of users, they are not audiobook consumer because uh, they, uh, they used to listen for the songs, listen for the mm-hmm. uh, Podcasts, radio and so on, yeah. uh, summarize podcast, so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the audiobook uh, added different behavior for the uh, spoken content consumer. Uh, in this four years, we start from zero audio box to 6,000. And especially during the pandemic, uh, we got growth around, in Kitab Saudi, we got growth around 200%. Uh, percent. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, because uh, most of us were at home. We didn't uh, just show not uh, watch Netflix or so on, but <laughs> some pouring, so most of them yeah, download, let's try the audio box. Mm-hmm. And it paid off. Interesting, because like you said, we'd rather go towards Netflix. So maybe people have watched enough of Netflix and they've read their books and maybe they want to multitask because the thing about audiobooks is that you can easily turn it on and then do something else. Maybe yes, exactly. you're maybe even when you're working or maybe taking a break, you just listen to it can be laying down. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. require a lot of, um, you know, hard work. It's just you need to occupy or use your ears. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, so the most of uh, audiobook users they are using uh, during uh, commuting between work and home. True. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, for example, uh, during cooking at home. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's so useful. Yeah. It it's is good for drives useful. too. Long drives. Mm-hmm. Yes, long drive. Uh, by the way, uh, my reading uh, rate is, it's, uh, it was like three or four book mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now it's around twelve. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for example, if you go to the your uh, your work. An hour per day, back and forth, uh, is equal in a week, uh, five hours. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a book. So if someone focuses on that, he can uh, reach four books per, uh, uh, per month. So Interesting. Yeah, and there are a lot of skeptics who think that audiobooks isn't reading. So what do you say to those people? Uh, sorry? A lot of people would think that audiobooks, just by listening to it, isn't actually the same as like reading from a book. Doesn't count as reading. So, what do you think of that? What do you say to them? Uh, okay, uh, it's based on the narrator. Yes. Okay. If the narrator he he uh, he uh, he's doing great performance, great engagement. Okay. Uh, the user will live the moment. Okay. Mm, yes. uh, yeah. So uh, this is most important point in the audiobook industry, yeah. the narration itself. Mm. And can you talk to us about uh, the support you've had from Sharjah Book Authority, your participation here, the Sharjah yeah. International Book Fair, the importance of it to your operation? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely yes. Uh, we participated first time for uh, Kitab Saud and Storytel uh, in 2017. We get full support from the Sharjah Book Fair, uh, Sharjah Book Fair management to have a booth and start to talking with the publisher to present our idea and start to acquire rights. And in 2018. Uh, we pu- we participate in uh, a publishers conference that uh, big chance for us to see most of major and important publishers all over the world and from MENA region in one place and sit a meeting and talking about industry and how we can build this the uh, audiobook industry in the region faster that happened in 2018 and by the way uh, Storyteller sponsored some places here in in uh, in uh, in uh, Sharjah Book Fair in order to like what's called the knowledge tree uh, in order to introduce more uh, the idea of Hmm. audiobooks so without this support we couldn't reach the major stakeholder in the industry Mm -hmm. the users 
the publishers and the narrator as well. Mm. And what about in terms of genres? What do your listeners prefer the most? Uh, the most is novel fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming in second, like uh, self-development, biographies, and so on. Are you guys thinking about? Could you do it in Arabic, right? These yeah. Arabic audiobooks. Or yeah. You, Uh, Are you thinking about going towards other languages as well? Because, of course, they're bilinguals, multilinguals as well. So they would like Arabic books and also other languages, maybe. Yeah, Uh, Kitab Saudi was uh, specialized in Arabic only and Mm. and translated titles from different languages to Arabic. Mm -hmm. But Storytel, the uh, leading uh, audiobook company in Europe, Mm -hmm. so Storytel has different 20 Mm languages. So right now in the Arabic store, we have uh, in Storytel uh, Arabic uh, audiobooks and English audiobooks. It is around 6,000 Arabic audiobooks and hundreds of thousands English audiobooks. Mm. I love it. Yeah. And you guys are just convincing me today yeah. whether to start reading uh, non-fiction <laughs> and also to start going for audiobooks because I love podcasts and audiobooks are similar to podcasts, aren't they? Yeah. So download Storytel and enjoy. I will be, inshallah. <laughs> This is to all our listeners. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that also audiobooks count as books? Because we definitely do because there are various forms of reading and various forms of storytelling. So why not audiobooks? Thank you so much. Ahmed Dirwayhil from Kitab Salty. We're going to be coming back after the short break. And we're going to be moving on to Alia and her pick of the day from the Sharjah International Book Fair. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. So, earlier in the hour. <laughs> Honestly, love this. Look, this is the first time using this bed, and it was a bit confusing, but that's okay. It is an early morning here at the Sharjah International Book Fair, and honestly, I'm very intrigued by what was happening throughout the entire hour because you're trying to convince me, first of all, to listen to audiobooks. We had Ahmad Darwehil from Kitab Sauti, from, uh, you know, who's basically was telling us that audiobooks are amazing yeah. and I'm like you know what maybe they are and even we talk about with uh, Iman bin Sheba a couple of days ago we're talking about ebooks as well and how all forms of storytelling count as reading as well even if you're not using your eyes per se and earlier in the hour during the genre of the day we were talking about autobiographies and I'm telling you guys that nonfiction is not really I'd say, you know, my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And Ali, you promised me, you said that yes. you will convince me that I the <laughs> book you ca- that you saw around here, the Sharjah International Book Fair, is or going to be the book that will, you know, push me towards the world of nonfiction. So, like, this show is all about encouraging people to embrace all the different forms of mm-hmm. reading. Yes. So, I was walking around the book fair on uh, Thursday, and there's this book that just caught my eye. Mm-hmm. As you know by now, I'm into politics, history, I love autobiography, and I'm obsessed with anything produced by women. Mm-hmm. So I see this book that checks all the boxes. It's Beautiful. called An Autobiography by Dr. Raja El Gurg. Ah. And once when I saw it, I thought to myself, okay, this is a book about an inspiring Emirati woman, and I could relate, so I just picked it up. And I went back home, and when I tell you, I finished it in two hours. I could not put it down. It was so interesting, very intriguing. And it basically navigates through different stages of her life. So she is a person who went through uh, different sectors, education, business, and health, all drastically different sectors. And 
She also talks about the hardships because she was born before the union, she lived before the union, and she talks about the transition that occurred and all the difficulties that the UAE was going through. Mm -hmm. And she also talked about how there are some people who were opposing her education and thinking mm -hmm. that, well, women do not necessarily need to continue their academic pursuits, but her yeah. father was very supportive, treated her and her brothers just the same way. She ended up going to Kuwait to continue her studies and she's actually one of the very first Emirati women to have university degrees. The UAE wow. only started its first university seven years after she graduated. Wow. And she became, she also talked about the lack of female expertise within the region and she became a school principal at the age of 24. So that's Inshallah. that's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And then she, uh, later on in her life, so she switched to her family business, uh, the Isa Salih Al-Ghar group. It's very famous. And she is currently in the uh, Forbes list for the world's uh, most powerful Arab businesswoman. Wow. So she's a very uh, important, significant woman to the region. And what I appreciated the most about the book is that Throughout her journey, she highlighted, she had this awareness. She highlighted that she was very privileged. She comes uh, from a family of business people who basically built uh, the business up before she was even born. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she was able to continue a legacy um, is a different story than starting from scratch. And she talked about how because she was so lucky, she wants to make sure that other women would have similar opportunities and they would just get to be the best versions of themselves, go on and succeed. And she also wants to voice the idea that, well, Muslim Arab women are so powerful and they can represent not just their country, but the world and they can go on international platforms. So it's a very diverse book and it felt special because it discusses the social political and family life and it's just spectacular to see it from that lens especially since her father was um, a diplomat he was the uh, ambassador to the UK at some point when the UAE was first starting out mm -hmm. so it's also interesting to see how she got a life that's kind of different than mm -hmm. the average Emirati person where she would spend a lot of time in London and learning yeah. and educating mm -hmm. uh, herself which is why she would have um, kind of a different mindset but it was um, very enlightening you should definitely pick it up i got it from hall 6 booth n13 at the motivation media group i love that because it's super important for everybody to be aware of their privilege a lot of us tend to be to be basking in it so much and we're so used to it that we don't realize that we're not all at the same level we don't have the same starting point some of us are super lucky for example if we look at a race imagine somebody running barefoot versus somebody wearing you know the top notch the latest nike adidas or any of those things mm -hmm. so there's a massive difference in abilities and capabilities so even as somebody besides like having a business that was already started by her parents or maybe her grandparents or the whole legacy thing but also the fact that she had the business literacy to continue on the journey is super important i love that i i am you're pushing me towards reading autobiographies i'm gonna be checking it out what about you ahmed it sounds incredibly compelling and uh, it's pretty interesting the unusual career trajectory she's had uh, yeah. having that school career as well i'm interested in how she told her story because there's so much within how did she narrate all of those facts and put it all together for you she well she has her ba is in english literature so Ooh. she had that advantage of being able to just express herself and write it down and it was not in chronological order at all it would just 
phases of her life. So the education phase, the business phase, and the health phase. And she would just uh, talk about the most important milestones within them. And she just, my favorite part about it is that she includes her family a lot. And there are so many beautiful pictures. And like the book ends with this huge picture of her father, her siblings, her nephews, nieces, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And it's just amazing how it, it just flows and it feels like your mom is telling you a story. That's really sweet. I love it. Can you give us one last time the title and where to find it? Yes. So the book is called An Autobiography by Dr. Raja El-Garg. You can find it in Hall 6, booth N13 at Motivation Media Group. There you go. This is a book that caught Alia's eye. And coming up next, we have the SIBF agenda. We're trying to tell you guys to come over or if you want to sit in the comfort of your home, check out these virtual sessions and signing happening today at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Sharjah International Book Fair agenda. Yes, uh, welcome back to our live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And uh, so much is happening here, uh, not just within the halls of Expo Center, which are always abuzz with visitors, uh, browsing the over 80,000 book titles around the halls, but we also have a pretty interesting online program at chargerreads.com. That is chargerreads.com, where renowned authors from all around the world are giving a series of interviews, talks, workshops, seminars, and so much more. And today, we've got a pretty packed agenda as well. We do. I'm sorry to cut you off, but there's (laughs) one that caught my eye. I'm like, I need to talk about this one because it goes back into a lot of conversations I've had with my friends. Luckily, we already do have podcasts because you and I have different shows. You have the morning majlis, I have the afternoon karak. But often, when you're sitting together with your friends, you're like, oh, we're so hilarious. We should have our own (laughs) podcast. And you're like, should we or should we not? And there's one particular um, session today called how to start your podcast. So if you are one of those people who are like, oh, we're hilarious, we're so funny, we have such interesting conversations, the entire world should be listening to us. This is what you should be checking out. It's going to be by Narmeen Nasr. It's going to be at 1 p.m. And I'm excited for the 3 p.m. session by Kate Moss. And it talks about giving women a voice through popular and best-selling literature. It's very important to amplify the voices of women. Absolutely. And the Sharjah Book Fair has been doing a lot of that through so many sessions and through inviting so many women to come and speak up and share their stories. And it also goes back to why you, the autobiography you mentioned yeah. earlier as well. <laughs> yeah. It's all about women empowerment here at Pulse95. Definitely a very important. Uh, and we also are looking forward to a 5 p.m. session. It's called The Face Behind the Word. And a number of writers, mm-hmm. including Awais Khan and Michelle Hamad, will talk about a writer's relationship with a word. How do you weave together words, make choices in order to tell stories, in order to depict realities? What is the relationship between the author and the language they use? That's what the workshop will delve into. So this is taking place at 5 p.m. They're going to be doing some interesting stuff on translating a novel as well, capturing the essence of a book without compromising its integrity while changing it to a different language. That's a very, very tricky, tricky subject. And ahead of that as well will be a talk about happiness Ooh, that's at a 7 good p.m. One. 
very relevant to the current circumstances. <laughs> how do you be stress-free? How to be happy despite whatever circumstances exactly. you're thrown into? No matter what life throws at you, it's gonna be by Neil Parisha. It's super interesting. I might check this one out, and it's gonna be at 7 p.m. Yeah, he's a Canadian author, and he talks about happiness as a series of simple pleasures. Uh, don't go chasing happiness as a perpetual state that mm. you're always gonna be happy. Just look for those moments and uh, readjust your expectations. And this is gonna be a, a pretty interesting topic. Neil Parrish is a very popular figure on social media and of course on those TED Talks. Uh, is right up his alley. You can find him on YouTube. So that's going to be at 7 p.m. today. And you might find happiness in between the lines of a book. And this is what we're trying to promote right here at the Sharjah International Book Fair and our special coverage from Pulse95. And with this, we bid you farewell. Hope you have a lovely, happy reading session over the next couple of hours and next couple of days. We're going to be joining you back again tomorrow live from Sharjah Expo Center from 10 a.m. till 11 a.m. So stay tuned for that. This is Aisha and Masmi with me, my lovely co-host Ahmed Dawood and Ali Al-Hizami. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha.